Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. You've got the home of the truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. NBA trade deadline Thursday. We've seen one big deal in the NBA. Will there be more? Will the Blazers be a buyer, a seller, or a spectator? And what does Sean Hyken know about any of this? You can subscribe to the Rose Garden Report. Sean Hyken uh, does this. He covers the Blazers in the NBA. He has for years. He's joining us now. Before I get into the Blazers stuff, Sean, uh, let's talk about the WNBA. You were part of that roundtable discussion with the WNBA commissioner yesterday. How did that go? I was not part of it. I was there covering it as uh, media. But, yes, it was, for those of you who don't know, basically uh, Kathy Engelbert, the commissioner of the WNBA, was in town for meetings at Nike, which is obviously one of the league's partners. And Senator Wyden had her at uh, the Sports Bra, which is a uh, a sports bar in uh, Northeast Portland that only airs women's sports. It opened about a year ago, and it's done quite well business-wise. That's my first, that was my first time being in there, but it looked like a pretty cool space. But they had a bunch of people there basically trying to give her the sell on why Portland should be one of the two uh, expansion teams, which the WNBA has been reported is looking into expanding. And so some of the names there, you know, you had both, Kelly Graves, the head coach of the Oregon women's team, and Scott Roof, the head coach of the uh, Oregon State women's team there, some of their players. And then from the Blazers, Joe Cronin, obviously uh, the general manager, Dwayne Hankins, the president of uh, business operations, and two members of Joe's front office who are both former WNBA players, Asia Jones, who's the director of basketball planning and strategy, basically manages her salary cap. And Cherie Sam, who is the scouting manager, it was basically just like a, it was about an hour of basically all of these people going around and telling Kathy Engelbert why Portland should get a WNBA team. And so it'll be interesting, I guess, to see whether it's successful eventually. Yeah, with the vibe in the room, I mean, who could be against this? Because I think, you know, Portland makes sense for a number of reasons. The Ducks, the Beavers, the success. Even the University of Portland and Portland State have had success in women's basketball. It feels like this is a natural thing. What is it going to take to get a WNBA franchise to Portland? It's up to the league. I mean, they're they're deciding between – I think there are my, – my colleague Mike Vorkanov at The Athletic uh, had reported about six months ago that the six cities currently on the short list are – of teams that are being considered right now are Portland, San Francisco, Oakland, Toronto, Philadelphia, and uh, Nashville. I have heard that the league's kind of top priority right now, and I just wrote something about this this morning. I wrote Garden Report for subscribers, but basically right now I think the league would really like for there to be a team in the Bay Area. And Joe Lake, the owner of the Warriors, has talked about wanting to put a team at Chase Center. So that's something I think they're looking pretty strongly at. I think Toronto is something that really interests the league because you know they, they've seen like, how successful the Raptors have been as the only NBA team in Canada and they think that there's an appetite for that there but since you know WNBA players still fly commercial to games there might be some border and visa and customs issues there so I mean those I would say uh, Toronto and the Bay Area are probably the other two main cities out of that group that have 
the most competition for Portland. I think they're definitely in the mix. It's just kind of a matter of what the lead decides. I totally agree with you, John, though. I think there's no reason between not just the you know women's basketball programs at the colleges here, but also just with how well the Thorns do. And honestly, the fact that this event yesterday was held at a, a sports bar that exists only to show women's sports, that apparently, and again, I hadn't been there before yesterday, but apparently during like big events like you know, during like Thorns matches and, uh, you know, Oregon and Oregon State women's basketball games, it's like impossible to get in. Apparently the place is packed. The fact that you're a city that has an establishment like that that's doing really well and doing good business would make you think that a WNBA team would be really successful here. And from what I've heard from folks on the Blazers side, uh, they would be very, you know, into the, I don't think the Vulcans would want to own the team necessarily. There's a guy that I think wants to own it, Kirk Brown, who co-founded Zoom Info, who's a billionaire. But the Blazers, and, you know, you heard Dwayne Hankins say this on the panel last night, and Joe Cronin said this too, the Blazers would be totally supportive of it, and they would love to have basketball played at Moda Center during the summer, during the off season, and have those dates, and they think it would be good for the city. So, I mean, I think it would be really successful, but it's just, you know, it's up to the league and up to kind of their business partners. Sean Hyken, Rose Garden Report, is our guest. Uh, trade deadline coming Thursday. I I said it uh, as I introduced you. Blazers as a buyer, seller, spectator. Where are you leaning right now? Uh, I say we'll say what I've been saying for a long time. I think they would like to be buyers. I think their mindset is very much still. We're trying to make the playoffs. We're trying to be competitive. They're not. They're not. One thing I can tell you. I know they're not going to be sellers in the sense. I don't think they're interested in taking a step back and playing for the lottery. They kind of already did that last year, and that was kind of they kind of had a free pass to do that last year because Dame was actually legitimately injured and needed the surgery, and so they kind of had an excuse to do that last year. I don't think they're really interested in do, doing that this year. I think it's, it's going to be more – you're not going to see them doing anything big. Like, I, I don't think there's going to be anything that, you know, they, they do some trade, and it's like, are the Blazers title contenders? Now, I, I don't think that's anything like that is going to happen in the next two days. But it's gonna. I think they they will make a couple of moves. I don't. You know, I have I have a few guesses as to what they might be or who they might go after. They're just kind of guesses at this point. Nothing I'm solid enough to necessarily, you know, want to go on the record with. But you know, I think it's gonna be a lot of like switching out kind of role players for other role players that maybe fit better or have you know better salaries or you know balance that kind of stuff. It's gonna be more like incremental stuff. And then whatever they do that's bigger that's to quote unquote really put a contender around Dame. I think that's gonna happen more this summer than at the deadline. Sean, can I ask you, what does this team need in your mind to just take an incremental step forward? Is there, if it's not going to be a big move, is there a step forward that could be out there for them at a certain position or a kind of player that you think needs to be added? Size. <laughs> That's kind of a simple answer. You, you just saw last night against the Bucks. Yep. They had nobody that could even come close to staying in front of Giannis or, you know, a couple of weeks ago when they had, they lost those back-to-back games to the Nuggets and to the Sixers, they had no, they just don't have anything that you can do with Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic or that kind of guy. And like, you know, especially with Nurkic being out for a while, and I wouldn't be surprised if Nurkic is one of the players that gets moved in the next two days. But you look at, you look at side, I mean, Drew Eubanks is doing everything he can, but he is not a starting center. He's probably, in, on a good team, he's probably not even a number two center. He's a number three center, and he's great in that role. He's a great, you know, 12 to 15 minutes a game guy, but that's your starting center right now. And then, you know, Trendon Watford, who, you know, has 
made a lot of, you know, improvements in his second season, but he's also kind of undersized. I think that's kind of the biggest area of need right now, and I would expect that whatever they do in the next 40 hours or however many hours there is or until the deadline uh, is going to maybe be, you know, geared towards addressing that more so than anything else. I keep thinking about, you know, the Phoenix Suns deal just closed. That team is sold. It Does the ownership question, does it, does it cloud, uh, you know, uh, uh, any moves that they can make? G- meaning, you know, do they not want to give up flexibility? Do they want want to take a big swing because maybe this ownership group isn't here for the long haul? Do you think that is a factor as the trade deadline comes down or a non-factor? I don't think it's that much of a factor. I have I haven't heard that. They, so they're, they're, the Blazers are about sixty seven thousand dollars below the luxury tax. So they're basically right at the line right now. They're as close to it as they can be. I don't think they will go into the luxury tax unless it's to add a piece that makes them a true contender. I haven't heard that they have a mandate of you can't go into the luxury tax no matter what. I think it's but it's I think I think it's just a matter of you know I don't think they'll be willing to go into the tax and only have the taxpayer mid-level exception to work with this summer and start their clock on paying the repeater tax in order to make some incremental moves. I, think, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard that anything with ownership is, uh, you know, preventing them from doing anything, you know, as far as spending money or anything like that. I just, I, 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 I don't think ownership is that big of a factor, and I just, I just, I, I, would, I would expect them not to make any big moves for other reasons just because I don't know how many big moves are really out there to be made right now at the deadline. I keep hearing people say, you know, Damian Lillard deserves the Blazers to put more pieces around him. We're watching other stars in this league uh, grow impatient. How much patience does Lillard have in your mind right now? I haven't heard anything to suggest that they're anywhere close to uh, being that being a question. I would think that after he signed the extension, that was kind of a dead issue. I mean, that's that's what they're trying to do, and I think it's going to – and I think – you know, they've, everybody involved here has been very open and very transparent about this is going to be a multiple-year process where I don't think anybody thought, oh, they're going to, you know, build a contender last offseason or they're going to build a contender at this deadline. Joe Cronin said when he took the job about a year ago that it's going to take multiple cycles of, you know, deadlines and off-seasons and having different, you know, tools to use at his disposal. I would guess, if I had to guess, that whatever the big move they make – I don't know what that might be. Like, let's say, you know, totally pie in the sky. Let's say that given everything that's going on in Brooklyn in the last few days, let's say that this summer Kevin Durant decides he's unhappy again. And, you know, you make that call and you try to make that happen. If they do anything like that or anything to that level to get like a legitimate, like second guy, that's going to happen more so this summer than any other time, maybe really pushing it at, uh, you know, next deadline if that's when the move comes available. But I, I would, I would, I would guess whatever big move they made. This is just a guess. I don't know this for a fact because I don't know what's going to be out there this summer. But I would guess that whatever the big, you know, the quote unquote big all-in swing that they make is going to happen more so this summer than any other time. Sean Hyken with us, RoseGardenReport.com. That's where you can read him, subscribe to him. I do. Sean, let me ask you, uh, Chauncey Billups. This roster, this team, I'm having a hard time figuring out if Chauncey can coach. Is he growing? What do you make of the coaching job that he has done to this point? It's been up and down. I think he's, I think he's still learning, and I think he'd be the first one to tell you that he's still learning. I mean, I think there's certainly issues that can be had with some of the rotations and 
some of that. But as far as as far as like the personal stuff, like the you know, are guys still playing hard for him, all that kind of stuff, I haven't heard anything to suggest that that isn't the case. I think I think it's I think it's just like everything else. I think it's very much a work in progress right now with him. The you know, I I keep looking at this team and going, all right, you know, who do I like? Who do I don't like? Is there anybody on this roster that, in your mind, is untouchable as Thursday? approaches or who's in that conversation of hey uh this guy has too much upside i wouldn't be willing to part with him does anybody fit that bill i think dame's the only thing that's completely off the table i there are guys i would not expect them to be to trade i like i don't i don't think anthony simons will be traded i don't think shade and sharp will be traded i don't think that jeremy Grant will be traded those are the three guys i would put in kind of the next tier of like they're not shopping them. They're not trying to move them. I don't think they want to move them. But if Brooklyn called and said, hey, we'll give you Kevin Durant for those three guys, I don't think they would say no. Like, that, that's kind of the second tier. Dame is the only guy that's completely untouchable from what I know. But I think those other three are kind of the next ones that it would, you'd have to completely blow them away for them to actually say yes. Sean Hyken is with us. All right, uh, I got to ask you about Kyrie Irving, Dallas. Who's the winner in that trade in your mind, and does it work for Irving and the Mavericks? <laughs> I mean, I think the winner is probably the Brooklyn Nets organization for just you know being able to wash their hands of this. I, I, I'm very interested to see how this goes with with Dallas. I, th- I think basically what's going to happen is there's it, cause remember when they first traded for James Harden, and there were those handful of games where it was the three of them together. And they were all healthy. And you were watching it. You're just like, wow, Like, how is anybody supposed to stop this? This team might just be the greatest offense of all time. There are going to be nights with him and Luka where it looks like that. And people are just wondering how anybody's possibly going to be able to guard this. But, you know, if you're asking me, would I want to be the organization that wants to get into the business of having Kyrie Irving on your team with, you know, all of the you know things that also come with that? I, Me personally, I would not. Yeah, I keep looking at it, and and do you think they're serious? Brooklyn serious about Durant being not on the table, or is that just what you say until you get a deal you love? I don't think he's going to get traded before Thursday. I think if that were to happen, it's going to happen this summer because I think it's kind of too short of notice for every. You know, everybody has so many other moving parts in the air right now. I think they'll probably get more offers and better offers. Uh, over the summer, if that's the direction that they decide to go in, I think they feel like uh, you know Durant is so good that you know with the pieces that they got back for Kyrie Irving with Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, and then who knows if they're able to flip one of those two guys into something else uh, before the deadline. I think they feel like we can still be competitive in the East, and then you know they'll figure out what they do with Durant long term, or if he decides he still wants to be there, or what you know whatever the case may be. I I don't think that's going to happen. In the next two days, I think if that's going to happen, it's going to happen in the offseason. How do you handle rumors? Because they're out there. You're going to hear names, dates. I've been told by other NBA executives that by the time you hear a rumor, it's uh, the deal's probably done. But what's your philosophy when you hear trade rumors? I try to – like I said, I've been doing this long enough. I think I have a pretty good radar for – what's worth taking seriously and what's not. The thing that people kind of have to keep in mind is you heard something because somebody wanted you to hear it. Nobody's telling reporters or whoever this stuff just out of the goodness of their heart because they feel like being helpful, sharing info. People will put stuff out there because 
you know, we'll say, we'll tell a reporter, hey, you know, we talked about this guy or we're going after this guy or I heard this team is going after this guy or I heard, you know, this team offered this or, you know, whatever. People will put that stuff out there be, or, you know, to reporters because they want reporters to, you know, put it out there to people because they think that that will benefit them in some way. So you always, whenever you see a rumor about, you know, whether it's about a trade or, you know, a free agent, you know, interest or whatever else, you have to think, you have to like stop and think, who benefits from this being out there and why would they want this out there? And then you usually can kind of go from there and say, okay, like this team probably leaked that they got this offer for this player because then they want other teams to see that and say, hey, if we want this guy, we better step up our offer. Like I, I, I do my best and I think I'm kind of in a little bit of a different place because I don't do what, you know, guys like Woj and Shams and Chris Haynes and like the guys who are like the newsbreaker scoop guys. You know, I have a ton of respect for those guys and they're great at what they do, but that's just, that's not really what I do. So I'm not really losing a lot of sleep over like whether I'm the first person to report a trade or a free agent signing. And so I just kind of try to, you know, if I hear stuff, I, you know, I, I, you know, talk to people, you know, both within the Blazers front office and, you know, in other front offices and around the league and whatever else, and just kind of try to piece together, like, okay, how much of this is real and how much of it is, uh, is you know, smoke. I'd probably have a lot more Twitter followers and a lot more, you know, like making a lot more money if I were, you know, willing to just kind of throw out, like, oh, sources say this, sources say that, out of, like, every single rumor that I hear, but I'm just, that's not really a game I've ever been interested in playing. That's why you're on the show, though. I mean, you're a substance guy. I subscribe to what you're doing at the Rose Garden Report. I think you work hard. And you do a hell of a job. Are you having fun with that? Because, you know, you've, you've made the transition uh, similar to what I have done. Uh, you know, how different is it for you and how much fun are you having? Uh, there are pros and cons with it. I like being able to decide what I have to, what I care about and what I don't care about. Like, yeah. there, are, there are some things like, you know, there was a, there was a, I think over the summer, I can't remember who it was, but on, you know, one of those, you know, debate shows, one of the, you know, whoever, it was like Stephen A. Smith or something. I forget who it was. It was some, somebody on one of those shows was like, Damian Lillard is not a superstar. He is a star. And, like, and there was like, you know, that became like a whole thing that people got mad about for two days on Twitter. And I was just like, I do not care about this. I am just not even going to write about this or acknowledge it or whatever. Like, I don't have to write about every single trade rumor I hear. I, I basically get to decide, like, what's important and what's not. I mean, and then as far as the downsides, like, and I know, you know, you, John, I think you, you know, the way that you kind of found an end around to this is you kind of hire photographers. I don't really have kind of the budget to do that, but I don't have AP or Getty licenses, so I'm kind of limited to photos that I uh, take or, you know, screenshots of YouTube or screenshots of people's social media or that kind of stuff. And you kind of take for granted when you're at, you know, at major outlets, like, you know, when I was at, you know, The Athletic or USA Today or Bleach Report or whatever, or when you were at the Oregonian, you have access to those photos and you have access to actual images and you can just use whatever you want. That's something that I've kind of had to adjust to. Yeah, but you're doing a hell of a job and your content is different and you're getting, giving people some stuff they can't get anywhere else on the NBA. Sean Hyken, Rose Garden Report. Thank you. Always good to talk to you, John. Good stuff from hiking there. And look, yeah, he's right. Like, you know, I, I just made the I made the commitment last football season in particular to say I consider photography an important part of what I'm doing at johnconzano.com. And I got who I think are the best two sports photographers in the region and went to him and said, Look, I'm I want to do something different. And I want you to be part of it. And, you know, between uh, basically 
Najee and Serena, uh, who are, I think, the best one-two punch. I would put the two photographers that I have working at johnconzano.com against any two photographers in the country. Like, anybody's, any new, I'll put it against the New York Times. They're that good. They are award-winning sports photographers who are dynamite. But I thought, this is important. I need to have this. And it, you know, the photo galleries even, which I often probably didn't appreciate before I went off on my own. I just kind of recognized like how special that is to have really good photography, sports photography, action shots off the college football games, college football basketball games, and whatnot. I want you to leave it here. You got the BFT statewide. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face. Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.